Children of the world, parents of the world, this is for you. I'm Rowena. And I'm April. We are best friends and moms to five young athletes and sisters to Olympic champions. We have a mission to inspire our kids and your kids through the stories of champions. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. We are so excited for you to hear from Karelt Castellet. She's a professional snowboarder from Barcelona, Spain, and one of the best all-round women snowboarders in the world. She's top of the game in three extreme snowboard events, the Halfpipe, the Slopestyle, and the Big Air. Karelt's career is now spanning decades as she prepares to compete in her fifth Olympic Games. She wins World Cups. She's on the podium at World Championships, and you would have seen her claiming gold, silvers, and bronze at the mecca of the extreme sports world, the X Games. She's part of the coveted Red Bull team. And in her world, she is known as one of the hardest workers. And I'm told she never gives up. It's an honor to have you, Karelt. When I got to hang with you in person a few months ago and feel your fun, loving energy and determined vibe, I just knew we needed to share your heart and mind and be part of this tribe. Thank you. Karel, we are so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Rowe speaks so highly of you. And I would just love for you to just take us back to childhood. Just when did the fire start inside you? You have such a long career. And so we know that you must love snowboarding. So just take us back to childhood. How did it all start? Thank you. Well, it all started because of my mom and dad. And they love the mountains, even though I'm from the city. They love to bring us, both me and my brother, to the mountains in the weekends. And they love the snow. And here in Spain, it wasn't until the snowboarding was started to known. It wasn't until the 90s. And they both skied, but because of a friend of them that had a bike shop, and found out in the U.S. in one of his trips, found out about this new sport of the snowboarding, you know. And, well, my dad was very bad at skiing and, like, really bad. And my mom had really bad knees. So this friend was like, you guys have to try that. And they got into it and they loved it. And it was, like, really much a non-seen sport at the time. And by that time, I was, like, three and my brother was, like, five or four six and um, it wasn't until they found like a small enough board which it was very hard because here in Spain there was like not even a known sport so they found it in the U.S. and they brought like that friend brought a couple of boards here and and they got us started and when I was the age of six yeah that one here is my first board it's like very old oh, <laughs> but very cool and very I tiny. love it yeah, so we started and I I was so little that I can't even remember how hard it was because I really liked it so much to be able to hang with my brother and do something that it was so cool for me that I could see in like movies or I could see that red people did and that I was doing that and it was so unique because there was no one else doing it at the time. So it was just sick and... Yeah, the way I like to do things is like nothing at all. Like that's how I operate. And 
since I was a little kid. That was it. And that was, for me, a way to channel all this energy. That was a really good way for me to channel all this energy because I was in the mountain, I was in the nature, and I was with my family. And I think that is very special. And it's a very natural way and a very healthy way to create a base for a sport that you're going to spend all your life on doing. And um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that and very grateful the way it did because here, even though it was not a very known sport in general, it also was hard to get into it and think about it professionally because it would have been just a hobby for me. But yeah, nothing was a hobby for me. I just really dreamed about it like it was like the end of the the end of the world. Like I would do anything to get to where Tora was, which for me was like a dream, you know, like I had her all over my room, like in the posters and and yeah, like as much as it was a dream, it yeah, after ten years I was qualified for the Olympics and where I was going to see her for the first time riding and doing so well. And, you know, and I was like, at that point, I was like, well, I think I, I'm, he- well, I'm here now, even though I wasn't very good yet. I was like, I'm here now. So might as well give it all my best and do anything it takes to get to the top or see where I can get. Yeah, that's what I did. It's not like it was as much of many opportunities for me to keep progressing that way in that direction that I wanted to get. But I I did kind of make this these opportunities, I create them. I make them happen. And I look back now and also when I see my parents and I talk with them, I, I don't even know how I create those things and how they let me do and take some decisions that I did take at the time of very young age. But Yes, sometimes if you really, really want something and you're a passionate enough person or a crazy enough person, you can get yeah. there. Your parents sound like real renegades. Like I had no idea they started snowboarding before you. Wow. I want to meet them. Did you ever, so you said you don't remember like how hard it was learning to snowboard because you were only six. Do you remember like a moment when... Maybe you just knew like this was going to be it. Like maybe it was at your, like how old were you at your first Olympics? 16. It was. Yeah. Okay. That was the revealing moment for me because that thing, it, it transferred from being a dream to being a goal. That was that moment because by that time I just saw it like a red thing to do that I was going to, it was just an option for me to give my best at something that was red, but not looking at it as a goal. But at that time when I went to those Olympics, which I had only been riding bike for one year by then, I knew I wanted to get better at half-pipe riding because it was so hard and there was so much to learn that I knew that was going to bring about a lot of knowledge of all kinds of snowboarding and it, I would have to go through learning all sorts of things to get better. And yeah, so I went for it. Yeah. Cause snowboarding wasn't in the Olympics for a very long time before you actually competed in it. So 
Did you, like when you were a young kid snowboarding, did you ever watch the Olympics and think like, oh, I want to be in them? Or was that really not on your radar when you were little? Not really. I wanted to be like a really, like a red snowboarder, but I wasn't thinking about the Olympics as a snowboarding goal. Like the snowboarding for me wasn't about the Olympics. I just really... I could just really explore it and I really liked it. It wasn't until I was there that I was like, this is what I want to do. And it was since then that I started thinking that way, not just Olympics, but the contest that we could battle together and have good good sessions and good contests and, you know, get to find this this feeling that you have in competition. I'm yeah, as I said, I like I loved competing. Anything that was a competition since I was a kid, I would enter. Like even it would be like a race on a like a rubbish uh, sack, like with other kids, I would enter anything that was mean with competitions. Anything, basketball, football, like any gymnastics. I did a lot of competitions and gymnastics, and I liked it. But then I knew that. My friends that were getting very good weren't having a very good time when they got much better. So it wasn't my style. It's just there's no wording. It's just all I wanted and all I needed. And it was hard at the beginning because I it was 14 when I moved away to the mountains where it was like a very small town. And it was the only place where all the kids that my age were going to learn and follow like a little bit of a program that was done for like snowboarding and for kids to start competing and getting seen internationally and that was a little hard for me because at this age is sometimes it could get hard to get integrated into a, a group of kids that already know each other and that they already snowboarding together and I was the new one I was the city girl and they were all like town kids that knew each other since they were born and they were doing this cool thing. And now who is this chick that is coming from the city that has no idea about our thing? So that was a little hard, but I got kind of adopted in a pretty cool family that took me into their, to their family and I could have like a sister that was doing the same thing than I was and it was still hard, but it was very good to know that I was surrounded by good people and at least when I was at home. That's amazing to me to think like, wow, you're 14, you move away from home, you're by yourself in a new place, and then you're surrounded by people that don't necessarily want to accept you, but you still just decide to go for it and follow your passion. Did you have any sort of somebody that really inspired you to kind of get through that? Or did you have any sort of like tips or tricks that because I know other there's a lot of kids that are in kind of a similar situation, you know, some people will be in not living in the same town that they can do their sport. So I know that's actually pretty common for kids around 14. Like what kind of advice would you give them in that kind of same situation where they're feeling like an outsider, but they know they want to do this because it sounds like you did such a good job with that. Yeah, I was actually, there was a moment that I was really surprised because I thought that everyone was against me, but it was actually only one or two persons that were like really trying to make my life harder. 
But in my mind, I thought everyone was because they all knew each other. And I was lucky enough to just be busy doing my thing and just try to not like get caught on that, even though I did. But I uh, try to keep doing my thing. And when I was snowboarding, I didn't even think about it. It just I had this option to use the snowboarding to get away from all this crap. So I kept doing that. And it wasn't until I, I brought up some of these issues to someone that was out of the group that they actually told me that it was not me who was being you know, not welcome there. It was actually these people that was making my life harder who should not be there and who it would be much better for everyone if they would not be there or be actually not punished, but as a kid, like a punishment of like, you can't come tomorrow. You have to have a week off because you're doing this and it is a bad thing. So I was understanding that I was the bad one and I thought I was the bad one and everyone was against me, but actually everyone knew who was trying to make my life harder and why. It was because I I was much better than than them and that was annoying. Yeah. And isn't that crazy? That's always how it is, right? <laughs> yeah. So I brought it up and it was like the kind of like the teacher or mentor or the guy that we had at the time that just sat down with, with this girl and her family and it was like um, well, that is happening, and if she keeps doing that, she's out, and she's like actually not bringing anything to the group. So by this time, I already had the war was already kind of over, but I was like, wow, I should have brought this up much earlier because I had the idea that I was the bad one, but everyone knew <laughs> who should have been told earlier. Yeah, I think a lot of kids find themselves in a similar situation because. There's so much going on at this age that it's hard sometimes, I believe, to see that you're not the bad one, that you you can bring so much to the group. You're there with uh, energy, with motivation, and this brings this is good for a group of kids. And it's not until, like, jealousy or hate that comes up from other sides that everything gets confused. And as a kid, you can think that you're bad or something, but you just need to speak up and bring it up to whoever is the guide of the group or whoever is open to listening at the time. That is such a good lesson. I think even as adults, we hold things in and we don't ask for help. And I'm so impressed that even though you took a while, yeah, like to get this help from a mentor the fact that you just like put your head down and channeled into this vehicle, like the snowboarding that was you yeah. that you're so passionate about. I also think listening to you, cause I had experiences like that too. I feel like almost mm-hmm. every kid does. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you told in your story, like the one that's shining the light, it's always, you know, stomps out the darkness of jealousy or hatred or whatever. And Also, the truth always comes out eventually. If you're just patient and you stay in your lane, I feel like that's what happened to you. Yeah. Tell me more about, like you talked about this mentor that helped you through that. Is there any people that you can think of that were really influential, whether it was when you were a little kid or like as you grew that were just like, just believed in you even before you became the champ that you are? Yeah, it's very funny, but I... I've always had the kind of the pillow of my 
city friends that have nothing to do with snowboarding and my people from my older life that it was to do with the school that I was going when I was living here or like my family as well but the friends that I had from school here they have nothing to do with snowboarding and they could see when I brought up the situations they could see it from another point of view without knowing any of the kids that I was sharing those bad experiences with and they brought up the really like really good points because they were outsiders and they like my friend Julia from here she was my my biggest support you know because she she knew me very well and she was like you've never been like that something's happening like well let's and she was like you just have to keep going because she kept saying that that wasn't my problem, that that was someone else's problem, and I didn't do anything wrong. And she also said, if you want to leave, remember, you, no one told you that you have to be there. So I kind of had everything on my hands, but I just wanted to do that. So it was no reason for me to drop it. I decided to do it, and I hold up to this idea, and I kind of dreamed, and it was like a... A blur idea here, but I knew that if I kept working, I would get through that point and it would eventually end in this kind of thing. And it did. And it only took like a couple of years, but it did. <laughs> I love that. Only took a yeah. couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you look back, I'm sure it's like, oh, not that long, but in the moment it feels like so it slow, feels right? so long. <laughs> I want to switch gears a little because I am so impressed about the longevity of your, you know, being in snowboarding. And I know that you're about to, you're preparing to compete in your fifth Olympics. I want to know, has it always been fun for you? Have you always been like snowboarding is so fun or have there been moments where it hasn't been so fun? And if so, what have you done to keep it fun, to keep going, to keep just, I mean, I know how much hard work it is and you're such a hard worker. So give us some tips about that. Yeah. Well, I always said the day that I stop learning is when that thought of trying something else will come in mind. But the snowboarding is such a progressive sport. And I happen to get better and better at it. And new thoughts come to my mind that bring up motivation. And that's like the moment I realize that I'm actually doing something for that sport. That's huge. That's like really powerful and Things like that, like these are things that just I didn't think about it before, but they just like keep coming. And and I, I did have like a very long career, but it's never been similar than the year before. And it has like a lot of things happened that were mixed with life and that I had to, or the mind, I think, kind of does it itself. It kind of flips it into like something that it kind of feels like a new sport or like a new life because... You just approach everything differently. And I think it's important to take advantage of the changes of life and use it with your sport because then you can get the benefit of both things. And, yeah, there's, like, mountains and valleys, and if you can, like, get the best of both, it's it's really good. And that's what happened to me. I I went through bad moments and good moments and then really, really bad moments that kind of, flip my career into like a reset kind of thing. So it's like a new start and a new beginning. 
And then from that moment, every change that happened to my career and my life, it like brought up kind of like a reset, a new approach to my sport. And then a new approach to the sport, to my life, that it was also like transferring from one perspective to the other. It's like very floaty sport and very moody and very like I'm all for snowboarding. Like, and I love it. And I, if it was for me, I'd never, like, I would never stop snowboarding. Oh, this is so good to hear. Yeah, it's just, it's just a red sport. And I loved it since I was a kid. And it's, yeah, it's a great opportunity to, until I can keep doing it physically, I don't see. I see why everyone who knows you says, like, she never gives up. She's the hardest worker. It's like this pure passion that fuels you. So right now you are traveling the world. You are living the dream. You're on the Red Bull team. Gosh, I wish that I could have met little Corelle when she was like 10 and just seen what you were like. But now that you're living this dream, you know, you're living on purpose. Like, there's not many people that can say, like, I absolutely love what I do. What would you tell your 10-year-old yeah. self? Well, there's things I don't like. Oh, okay. I love this. Let's talk about that for a second. This is good to hear because I think a lot of kids watch you on Instagram and they're like, oh, her life's so perfect. She's in Ibiza. She's in, you know, Lux. Well, and <laughs> Tell yeah. us, yeah, what you don't love and how you get through that. As my personality is too, I don't really like to show up when things are not the way I like and I don't like to show off and I like to I don't like to sparkle when things are not bright so that's why when you look at social media you have this fake vision of things because people don't show off when things are not going right and I think that's important to keep in mind but anyway there is of course many moments of my career that that I have not had a good time and that I didn't like and that it's been like horrible moments were how make me feel and that's still you know I think it's important to keep in mind that those moments are moments that are going to make you grow without those you're not going to like get that step forward that you need to get through and the bad moments give you that and I hate those but it's it's nothing like having such a big goal for one event or for one trick in, for one trick and you've been working so much for that trick and the first time you try it you fail absolutely like nothing is even close to it and you, you're lost because you worked so much for it and lost for weeks and that bring up other problems and other problems and it's like a mountain but then you learn from that one and it helps the other problem that have come up because of it. And then that helps the problem that it originated everything. And then it's nothing like, you know, some people say it clicks. I don't think anything clicks. I think everything's got a process and it's, you just got to keep going. Like sometimes it's not about making that big step that's going to make that big change because when you make that big step with a big change, you don't even know how you got there. And then you fall back and you're like, oh, how did that happen? What did I do now? No, but when you fall and these moments happen, you have to start again slowly and it sucks, but do learn a lot from those. And then I feel grateful for those moments. I love it. That's what we're hearing over and over. The, the true champions, they don't like try to 
they're just grateful for the hard times. It's like you're learning more from the failures than the times you're winning. When you felt really bad, you know, when things were really bad, do you have any like a system that you use to get feeling good again, like whether it's dancing or putting on music or do you visualize or meditate? Like, do you have any tips for people, for the kids who might be? I feel like I, every failure is different and you can't hit it the same way than another. But I do know that I have things that don't work for me to add on failures, to use for failures. Like it doesn't work for me to forget about it and try it didn't happen. Or like it didn't work for me to try something else and forget about it and just go another way. It doesn't work for me to just pretend to be happy or like just fake it, you know, a satisfaction mood to other people or there is many things that I have learned with the time that they don't work for me when I have failure. And these are important to keep in mind because um, it's very easy to say now that the season's over, but when things don't go right, those things like just pop up and it's very important to remember to not, to not do these things that are targeting bad habits in order to like go over failure. I think it's, it's a great way to just really face it, think about it, analyze it, not too hard. Just kind of understand that that is truth. Well, I think that even though it doesn't seem like you have necessarily a system to move through it, it does seem that you have learned what works for you. And I love that. But being able to reflect on it and to know that it's not like it's not a failure, right? Because you're learning from it. And that's what I tell my kids all the time, that it might feel like a failure in the moment. But if you can learn from what happened, then it's not a failure, right? You're constantly failing forward. And that's what sports are, right? (laughs) Yeah. You learn from it. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that feeling bad about it, it's it's good. You're fighting, you're human, you're you're fighting for what you do in your sport. And yeah, don't move on to something else because that was your decision at the beginning. And that's what keeps me moving forward, like to hold on to my pure and authentic dream because it had so much power and so good feelings at the beginning when I made it up. Like a feeling that I look back at when I was a kid and I was dreaming about all these moments and about all this situation and about a girl that was like red at snowboarding. That was like my idea of me and my dreams. I felt so happy. I was like that very, very happy girl. And I hold on to that when I have that moment. And I think all the kid has a dream. And those dreams make you feel so good. And I think that's important to remember that feeling. Yeah, the feeling. That's what I'm hearing. You're so good at, like holding on to that vision that I love those words you use, the pure and authentic dream that made you feel good. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, what would you tell your 10-year-old self? I would tell myself to write it down because I wish I remember all of those dreams. Because I had loads, but I probably would tell myself to write more, to make a journey and to draw more. I love drawing. Drawing was like such a passion for me. I don't, I don't know if I could draw more or had more time for it, but just to enjoy what I was doing. And I did, but I think I would just tell myself that I'm a great person, a great human and 
to believe in what I want to do because it's it's a cool idea. You hear that, you guys? It's just you have to remember how amazing you are. I think as a 10-year-old, especially with big dreams, sometimes I just know that you guys can all be so hard on yourselves. But if you talk, you guys can just hear in all of these interviews as we go along when these champions are talking about, you know, being a kid and what they would tell their 10-year-old self. It's always like, you know, just I would have told myself like how amazing I was, like what my dreams were. And it's such an amazing, you know thing tell us what does champion mean to you being a champion to me it means being red being cool and being a reference to the people that is looking up to my sport and that it's respecting my sport the way I do I love it so yeah I knew it I knew your heart was like this Corel. you're literally you care about like shining this flame for future generations who are watching you, like being your best so you can empower other people to be the best. I freaking love it. I have like tears in my eyes as I listen to you talk about like your life, your dreams, your journeys. I'm so grateful that you got to share a little bit of that with us and the kids listening. And I, along with, I know all our listeners are going to be watching your career as you keep learning and keep growing and keep pushing the limits. I don't know, you were looking pretty young and fit when I saw you a couple of months ago. You might have another four Olympics in you. Let's see. (laughs) No one knows that. Yeah. I don't know. I heard that the two ladies just broke the record today for 100 and 102 year old ladies doing a marathon or something. And I was like, it's pretty inspiring. It is. I have about 60, 60 something years to to beat that uh-huh, one. Right? <laughs> Just kidding. But your brother brought that up, actually. Oh, really? No way. No, I yeah. believe it. You're it's unstoppable. Funny. We're so grateful. <laughs> We're so grateful for your time. And you are such an example of just grit and not giving up and really figuring out who you are so that you can be you. And let your light shine. And you're a champ. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, you so guys much. Are so awesome to chat with. And yeah, I would do it again anytime. We can touch another thing. And you guys can also bring up some things about yourself because I'm sure you have a lot of things to bring up as well to the table. When you were saying you just love to compete in everything, I was like, oh, April, she's our girl. That's like, that's like April and I, Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I it's bet. Nothing. I bet. Yeah. So fun. Okay. Well, till next time, have fun in Spain. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Thank you guys so much for listening today with Karelt. That was amazing. And tune in to our athlete breakdown that we have, our champion breakdown that we have every week after the episode launches. We can't wait to see you then. Talk to you soon. Oh my gosh. Karelt was amazing. She is such an inspiration to me and I'm sure so many people that were listening. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard someone talk about their craft, their sport, like with so much love and fire and passion, truthfully. She reminds me, even though she's, I think she's 32 now, she reminds me of still how my eight-year-old, seven-year-old views skateboarding that is life. Like she says, snowboarding is life or death, you know? (laughs) 
Well, I know. And she was even saying that, you know, when she was talking about how has she continued to go for so long and how has she continued to have fun? And she said literally like because she feels like she's still a kid learning the sport and just having that gratitude to even be able to do her sport. And I think that that's what sometimes gets away because people, you know, she talks about that. There's sometimes there's so much noise. And so it's hard to like focus on what really matters. But what really matters is that you get to snowboard and just being like a kid all the time. I mean, she is, she's like a kid. She's like a 32 year old kid. It's amazing. That was one of the reasons when I, I mean, I've known about her for years and watched her, but it was one of the reasons why I wanted her on the podcast. Cause when you see her, even in person, she does have that like joy for life. Like a kid does. She's so fun. (laughs) And it's amazing to be able to keep that throughout such a long career. She didn't talk about all the ups and downs she had, but she's had some very gnarly things happen to her in her personal life. And it's really, yeah, it's amazing to keep that like joy instead of being beaten into the ground, you know? Yeah. And I remember actually when we interviewed Julia, she was very similar where when there's a lot going on around like distractions, bullying, critics, whatever life, like crazy life stuff to be able to have something to put your energy into. It is really actually something that is pretty amazing. And I think realizing that, and it sounds like she realized that as a young kid, even to know like, okay, well, I know I got a lot going on and this is really hard, but like, if I can just focus on what I love and what I love to do is snowboard. And I just think that that's really cool. Yeah, totally. And the bullying stuff, gosh, I bet you any money, we will not interview one champion who didn't have haters who were basically jealous and tried to pull them down because of their talent or work ethic. Or like, I think when someone has such a big vision like that, or a joy or a light inside, if you're a little damaged or you got stuff going on, I think those people tend to be targeted. You know, it's, it's not because people don't love you. It's just that some people want to just pull you down. And I loved how she talked about how she just kept focused on a vision while that was happening, but thankfully spoke about it with an adult to help her, you know, see things clearly. Yeah, I thought that was such an amazing lesson because I think I know that that happens a lot, you know, when you think that, you know, something is really hard that's going on and you just don't really know how to deal with it, but just finding someone to help you is really important because it sounds like once she did that, you know, she realized that this was an issue with other people anyway. This was an issue that needed to be taken care of. But I know that that can be really scary because you feel like, oh, you don't want to be the one that um, gets that other person in trouble. But it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be bad. You know, finding somebody that you can trust, finding somebody to talk to about a certain situation, because that's exactly what she said. She just wished she would have done it earlier because she ended up having to go through a lot of hardship because of this person or these couple people. But if she would have just, once she took care of it, then it was fine, right? But if she would have talked to him about it earlier, it would have been taken care of much earlier. So just some tips out there for you guys is just if you feel like you're having an issue, just talk to somebody. That's what mentors are for. That's what coaches are for. That's what parents are for. They want to help you, you know, don't be afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Something I absolutely loved her talking about is when we asked her some tools and tricks of how she gets through things, you know, maybe it was mindset tricks. And she just said, I love that she talked about just feel it. Don't try to push down those angry, sad, whatever feelings like you got to feel it. And I think um, if you I mean, you and I reread a lot of parenting books and they all say that, you know, it's amazing. She figured that out and then you're able to learn and grow from it and not have something that is undealt with. You're just like, this is human. This is normal. 
I'm going to feel it and get through it. Yeah. And she talks about, and I love how she talks about how she just always wants to find the fun and shine the light and be love. So even though you have these bad things happening to you, or, you know, you might be being bullied or whatever, but choosing the higher path, which is really hard to do, but knowing that in the end is always going to be the better path to, you know, never bring your energy or bring yourself down to the level of those people that are acting like that to you is just being like, okay, well, I can make the decision to be the leader, to be the light, because guess what? More love is going to attract more love and more light is going to attract more light. But if you go down to those levels, it's just going to be bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When she was talking about being a kid and dreaming and like looking at the snowboarders she wanted to be like. And then she arrives at 16 at her first Olympic Games and she's, I'm on the start list with these people who are my heroes. That I want you kids to listen to and just right now decide, no matter where you're at in your sport or your craft, just decide like your worth is not linked to how good you are at a sport. Like these champions that you might be listening to on the podcast or watching in your craft, like you can compete with them. Like there's no less worth because of what they've done in their sport. And so I think that was something I struggled with as an athlete. And when I heard her say, I'm on the start list and I'm with these heroes, I think if from a young age, you can realize like, I'm just as good as these champions. Like you might not be in skill level yet, but in like heart and mind and vision, like you deserve to be there. I loved that. I know. And I love it when I hear these champions say like, you know, because this has happened with a couple of different ones when it's like, you know, talking about like, who did you always look up to? Or who are you trying to, you know, be like, and they talk about like, I wanted to be the best version of myself, you know, instead of focus. I know Julia talked a lot about that in her life. You know, it's always like, well, who do you want to be like? And, you know, especially when you're young, like you said, like, there's so many people to look up to and you're looking at the start list and all the things and these people just seem like they're, you know, (laughs) at a level that you'll maybe never get to. And it's great to have motivation from them. And it's great to look up to them. But really, like, who are you striving to be, you're striving to be the best version of you. And the only person that you're really competing with is yourself. And you always want to be your best version of yourself. I think that that's really an awesome way to look at things. And, you know, even, you know, she was talking, you know, when we were talking to her about like, wow, did you ever have this goal of being in the Olympics? And she actually didn't. She just loved snowboarding that much that it got her to where she is. And I think that is really cool because to really just always go back to focusing on what is it that you love? Because yeah, it can be hard when you're just trying, you know, to compete and looking ahead and having these goals. I mean, we talk a lot about how important it is to have goals and 100%, you know, I believe that. But at the same time, it's really amazing to just do it because you love it. And, you know, that can take you so far too. like, look at your son, Thor, that's how it's going to be for him. Yeah, totally. And I loved when she talked about the other sports she did, like she loves to compete in everything. She's game, she's down for everything. But remember when she said, she's like, I love gymnastics and I was good at it, but it just wasn't it for me. So I think if you're a competitive person and you're, you know, like doing sports makes you feel alive and it's, you're going to pick something. If you don't feel right now that passion that she's talking about, like, don't be afraid to just try something new. I mean, remember back to my sister's story, she tried something new at a pretty old age and it turned out. So I think that passion part, that love part, it's pretty important. If you're going to have a long career, at least. (laughs) Yeah. You can't force it. You can't fake it. You know, like it, it has to be something that you love to do. 
So go out and find your passion, you guys, if you haven't found it yet. <laughs> and that's what's so cool about this podcast and is listening to all these different athletes because you might have never heard of, you know, we are going to start interviewing more and more people that are in sports that you might not even ever heard of. And it's going to be really fun to talk to them and see how they got into those sports because I know that there is a passion out there for everyone. You just have to find it. Yes. Okay. Can't wait till next time. See you guys then. Thank you so much for listening to I Am A Champion podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We are on all platforms and we really appreciate it. You can also find us on IG and TikTok at I Am A Champion podcast and YouTube at I Am A Champion. Until next time, remember you are all champions, leaving you with high fives, big hugs, and big belief. April and Rowena. Who am I? I am a champion.